This is Season 2, Episode 4 of the Steady Trade Podcast. Today we're talking about the strange truth behind pump and dumps. We're also still giving away a MacBook computer, free subscriptions to Stocks to Trade, a tragically realistic Steven Johnson pillowcase, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Take a listen. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Great to be back with you guys. We're on video a little bit here, which is pretty cool. You can see me thumb, which I used to uh, use. It's actually, I, ironically, <laughs> we're, we, you know, the, these these episodes will be published later, but but we are approaching. We're we're actually a day away from Halloween at the point we're recording this, and I've got my <laughs> Wall Street. Oh, I can't take this seriously anymore. <laughs> but I, I'm just gonna be a bear because I'm on the short side. Oh, oh, and actually, it's it's funny you get. <laughs> ironically, you know, so it's, it's the day before Halloween as we're recording this. Um, I've got showing up today since, since Steven is the king of all bears, he wants to short any and every stock that's up more than like 2% on the day. Any, any stock that's up more than 2%, he's, he's, he's like, this is a perfect short. (laughs) It's the one. I know, I know it's going to crash. It's going to crack. I see it. So showing up later, later today will be my bear archery target. So I I think a lot of, a lot of you listeners may or may not know. um, I am a, uh, I am a hunter. I specifically an archer. And so I ordered a bear target and then I'm going to shoot it while wearing my bull costume to prove that we are in the greatest bull market in history. I like that. I mean, but I, and I, I like the thing about the one thing I like about bull markets is the fact that it produces so much shit oh, yeah. that always comes back down, making the perfect short. Which is <laughs> ironic to the topic. Why don't, why don't you introduce, which is I, I, you led right into the topic for today. So why don't you kind of introduce what we're going to talk about today? I would love to do that, Tim. I would love to do that. So basically, uh, in season one, we really covered the, the absolute fundamentals, the basics of what you should know before you should even start even considering setting up a trading account. I think more with season two, we're going for the kind of the springboard to get you started, get you trading. And I think before you really start trading, the best advice anyone ever gave to me was learn one, two, three patterns and master them. Don't do random shit and learn a couple of patterns and master them. And one of those key patterns is the pump and dump. I, I like that. I like your pump and dump voice. I'm going to say it every time. It's a pump and dump. It's a pump and dump. It's a, it's a pump and dump. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about a pump and dump. That's no, not a bad uh... <laughs> So I'm, I'll, I'll kind of jump ahead and, and kind of get, you know, you know, you hear, you know, pump and dump a lot. So I'm, again, I know I'm the, I'm the crusty old bastard here. So I'm going to give a little bit of, give, give a little bit of history. We're not and... going to talk. I'm not even going to say it. So carry on, carry on. I'm <laughs> going to say we're not. I'm going to make a joke that the producer made, but we're not going to make that joke. Okay, good, good, because I remember that conversation. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to use it. Um, so, so going back, you know, you know, markets are always evolving, and that's one of the reasons we're going to, you know, uh, you know, my goal is to do the Steady Trade podcast forever. There's always something new. There's always something changing, and you know, the term pump and dump gets thrown around a lot. And, you know, we've evolved a little bit and and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But traditionally, you know, back in the day, as they like to say, pump and dumps were, you know, just like what we talked about on season one, where where the uh, uh, on the Wolf of Wall Street, where there would be boiler rooms that would cold call 
and try and, you know, and would be compensated to push these stocks up by getting, you know, calling you or calling your mom up or whoever and, and get them to buy these, these trashy stocks. So that, that's where the pump came from. Now, yeah. That's kind of, you know, again, back in the day, whether that be, you know, I mean, all the way back, you know, whether it be in the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s. And then, you know, we kind of migrated into the 90s where we got the internet. And then the pump and dump was, was you know, more internet-based, you know, where, where particularly emails, um, chat rooms, forums, um, and then even what they call the hard copy mailer. And I've actually got a, a, a stack of those. Some of them are probably older than Steven, but um, you used to get these very slick, almost like magazines that were, that would, that would tell a, a, a story. They would, uh, they would have, uh, you know, usually like fake testimonials. They'd have some like doctor, you know, like a stock photo of a doctor saying, this is going to cure cancer. But um, you'd get those in the mail, and they would always prominently feature the stock ticker. And ultimately, the only reason these emails, these phone calls, these hard copy mailers existed was to get the stock price up so that typically insiders or, or uh, you know, people that had a bunch of the stock could then sell into the rise, okay? None of these pump and dumps are trying to create any value. They might be, you know, you know, a situation might be, I've got a million shares granted to me as, at a penny a share. And then the, the, the somebody, quote unquote, somebody, the man behind the curtain pays somebody to promote that stock to get the price up. Then what happens, the second part of the pump and dump is ultimately when everybody with the, with the discounted shares sells into that spike. What happens in basic supply and demand when you have a massive selling, the stock price crashes, hence the dump. Yeah, I just have to say, I mean, for people that don't know, I mean, I've never really personally played a pump and dump and they're a little bit, they're not as prominent as they used to be. I think about eight, 10 years ago, you could make a lot of money on them. Uh, The only pump and dump I think I've probably played was might've been AMMD. Um, And I know that there's, I know a lot of people, the thing with pump and dumps is, it goes up to 3% every day, 3%, yes. 5% every day. So like day one, it's up 2%. And these, these stocks can go from like 10 cents to $3. So if you caught it at 10 cents, you're making like 6,000% or something. Yep. And, and that's the, when you talk about pattern recognition, that is, so that's, that's the pattern of today is, is the pump and dump pattern. And, and Steven nailed it is they will just, they'll, they, they call it basically walking the price up because what they don't want to do, if you're, again, if you're pumping a stock, you do not want the stock to go vertical too quickly because if you make a, if the stock makes a 20% move in the day, everybody's going to sell, hence bringing in the dump. The idea is to gradually track this stock up. So it goes from 10 to 15, 15 to 20, 20 to 25 cents, and it just walks gradually up because what they the what the promoters the pumpers don't want to do is have everybody say holy crap it moved 50 percent today i'm going to sell all my shares they want to keep everybody in until they're ready to sell yeah no and then i mean that's the the one thing that we haven't said about pump and dumps is they're all 
he tends to buy them, but you'd never, ever, ever, ever want to be buying them on the way up. And as I've been trying since the start of the last 10 minutes to think of a reference to, to help put this in people's minds. But I, I mean, what would you compare buying a pump and dump on the way up to? Well, and I mean, not, it's not a Stephen Johnson pillowcase, not. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it's, and, and you talk about the evolution, you know, it used to be, you know, and, and we talk about, uh, obviously, you know, one of, one of the traders we'll have on as an interview at some point is Tim Grittani. Um, You know, one, one, of, one of, in my opinion, one of the best traders of the last, and, and maybe the best, you know, low price stock trader in the last five years. What, you know, what used to be easier is you could basically monitor the flow of these pump and dumps by, signing up for all of these email newsletters and you could see basically as they expanded the reach of the pump, you could see that, that, okay, this is the beginning and then this is the middle. And then when you start getting all of these emails from all these different promoters, you knew, okay, this is the time to sell. Now that has kind of changed. And while, while Gratani really got his start, buying those pumps because you used to be able to kind of read them that has migrated a little bit and it's changed a little bit yeah but I, but i have to say though it, it always goes back to the fundamental rules of trading and the basic rules of if you have an edge you can kind of do anything or mm-hmm. if, if you have an edge or if you're following a plan and if you're not chasing so with gratoni like i've saw in his trading tickets DVD, he was looking at 8.30 in the morning, and he was buying, he was looking for the blocks. And that was the start of the pandemic. He was looking for the big volume blocks. And he was thinking, right, I've seen this again and again and again. And he had the edge because he was following the email as and he'd signed up to 30 different email alerts to make sure he got them first. And he didn't just sign up to one, he signed up to the same one 30 different times to make sure that no matter how they dispatched the emails, he would get the email first. Because yeah, that, final- that, that's again a trick they would use is, you know, they would segregate the lists. So they would, again, because what they don't want to do, the, the, the cardinal mistake of a pump and dump is you do not want to create a, you know, a too aggressive of a move. So they would actually segregate the promotion so that it only hits so many people at one time. Exactly. But, and he, he had an edge because the majority of people don't have uh, pre-market trading back then. A lot of brokers didn't offer it back then when it was going on. So Tim Gratoni had multiple edges in trading pump and dumps. And I mean, obviously that's why he was successful. And if there's another strategy today, then you can be, but it all comes back to having an edge and having a plan. Right. Right. Um, you know, and really, you know, I think, you know, again, as the game is, is, is changed, you know, obviously again, Another trader we have featured is, you know, is Tim Sykes. And, and he may, you know, again, back kind of, oh, you know, five plus years ago, one of his signature trades was shorting pump and dumps. Um, and it's a very effective strategy. But the dilemma is right now, there's so fewer of the pump and yeah. dumps and they go so much longer and, you know, when we'll talk about the mechanics of short selling in future episodes as well, a lot of them are so hard to borrow that even if you do know the collapse is coming, quite frequently, you cannot get the shares to short these anyway. Uh, so Sykes is dip buying them now. This is this right. is the key pattern. And I'm sure six months ago, Sykes was like, I was saying this is the number one pattern in penny stock trading right now where you can make 10%, 20%, 30%. And, and he's just looking for massive, massive panics where it's like 15 consecutive red candles in a row. And then... Again, it's an edge because he knows that the edge is the promoters don't want to get investigated by the SEC. They have to save the stock. 
they have to start they have to put a bottom in and, and raise it before anyone finds out about this scam ultimately which is what it is and and we've seen actually you know not as much this summer or this fall but last spring and even last fall you know kind of going back to fall 2016 i mean we would see these pump and dumps that would walk up for weeks 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 they would crash 70 percent in intraday and then they would be back green a couple of days later. It was, I mean, yeah. that that dip by opportunity, like you said, was definitely there, especially six months or a year ago. But but people don't realize that you can make fifty percent on your money by risking two or three percent. Yep. But the th- the thing is that they don't come around every day. You do have to watch the pumps. You do have to be in front of the market unless you're on stocks of trade and you've got your kind of your alert set where the alarm goes off when it drops right. a certain. Uh, but otherwise, you've got to be in front of the market, and you've got to be watching them, and you've got to be tracking them. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I don't like tr- about trying to trade them right now is, I mean, you will uh, – and again, if, if you've got the technique, if you've got the uh, ability, if you've got the time, you can make solid money on these. But to me, they're just so time-consuming because yeah. you might stare at this thing for days, weeks, waiting yeah. for that crack. Yeah, and it's also the crack has to be in the morning often as well and not in the afternoon. I think that's yep. a key differentiator. If the crack's in the afternoon, it could it's probably a sign it's the beginning of the end. Uh, but if it's in the morning, there's a good chance the promoter will save it. I, I mean, I remember getting that from a Sykes video lesson. Yeah, and because of, you know, again, you've got so many, you know, you've got so much more volume in the morning. You've got so many retail, more traders in the morning that, and obviously you've got also, you know, if it cracks at 10 a.m., you've got six hours to push that stock back up where if it cracks at three 30 and the market closes at 4 PM, they're probably not going to have time to bring enough volume in to basic to quote unquote, save that stock. Now, and, and the funny thing is as well as I think if what an interesting point is people might be like, well, if pump and dumps aren't happening that much anymore, why are we talking about them? And my argument would be because pump and dumps don't have to be empty shell companies. There's a, yes. there's a lot of reasons why, Pump and dumps can happen by even legitimate companies. Uh, one example, just to start things off, uh, if you're not meeting the NASDAQ requirements of, of having a stock price of a dollar. Very good, very good point. Yep. And I mean, I, you, can t- you can talk more about it because uh, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all I yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, and again, we've seen a lot of these, you know, whether, by, whether they do it by reverse splits which reverse split is something good to Google. We won't spend too much time. We'll probably talk about it in the future, but Google reverse split and you'll see what I mean. But we saw again, back this spring, back last fall, a lot of these stocks that have to maintain a $1 share price to stay on NASDAQ listing, they would do reverse splits. They would do, uh, they would issue press releases. They would spin out partnerships. They would pivot. You know, that, that's a, that's a, a, a technique that is quite frequently used in, in low price stock land where if marijuana is hot or if bit, I mean, we're seeing it now with Bitcoin, you're seeing some of these stocks, you know, actually as of today, Bitcoin's at 6,200 all time highs. Um, you're seeing a lot of these stocks that will actually pivot their business plan to be related to blockchain or to Bitcoin. And in essence, that is a pump. I mean, they're, these, they're, 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 ultimately all probably going to fail, but they're clutching at any excuse they can to get their stock price up so that they can get people to buy it so that they can stay in business. They, a lot of these low price stocks, they have to sell stock 
to stay in business, to make payroll, I mean, to pay the rent, et cetera. Tim, I mean, can I just stop you there and put things into context for the, for the audience out here? So are you telling me that companies, legal companies, literally tell lies to pump their stock? Is this what you're saying? I, I, I would not... I, I will not disparage any particular company or person, but um, yeah, I mean, again, I always like to say, you know, I, I use this saying a lot, but, but if a stock is 50 cents, it's 50 cents for a reason, okay? Um, their fundamentals are probably terrible. Their, their management is probably incompetent or shady, you know? Um, there's a reason Apple trades at up, you know, $150 a share, and penny stocks trade at three cents a share because of how well they're run, their prospects, et cetera. And, you know, human nature, if, again, and some of them even have noble, you know, noble uh, intentions. I mean, if you've got 10 employees and you've got to make payroll next week, well, maybe you'll issue some sketchy press release or you'll pivot to Bitcoin to sell some stock so that you can keep the doors open. And in penny stock land, you know, ultimately they probably, they probably number one, want to pay their employees, but then number two, they probably want to buy a bag of Coke and, you know, some, <laughs> some, some, some escorts as well. Because again, the management of penny stocks is usually very, very sketchy. Okay. So, so let's, let's put this into context. Let's put this into a, a situation where you could buy a pump and a situation where you could short a pump. So for me, what would be a situation that you could go long? I mean, if you can say one, I can say one. I, I mean, one, what, what comes to mind for me is um, Bitcoin's running a, a, a shady, shitty penny stock says it's got a, some sort of, um, it's opening up a franchise of Bitcoin or it's opening up some sort of sector in Bitcoin. And it's at a, it's at a breakout level. So it's about, right. it's at a key breakout level. Uh, it's consolidated there a while. Then it releases Bitcoin news and Bitcoin in general as a currency is running. That's even though it's kind of lies, is a good buy, right? Uh, am I? No, 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 no. I totally support that. And I think one of the biggest things you brought in is you brought in the chart because, I mean, you will see all these, you know, not all of them. You'll see a lot of these come across. And the key Stephen made was if that chart is breaking out. I mean, if you bring up this chart and it has just been going lower for years and it is at the lowest point ever, the, I mean, it can still run, but the odds of it continuing for days and weeks is much, much lower than if you can find what I call a clean chart. That chart's breaking out, maybe 52-week highs, maybe five-year highs, maybe all-time highs. And then just like we talked in season one, there's a catalyst. There maybe, maybe they used to be auto parts and now they're doing Bitcoin, but if that stock's breaking out, they're in a hot sector the overall sector is hot. That's a potential buy. Whether or not these idiots are ever going to accomplish anything in Bitcoin is yeah. immaterial. Even if it's not true. Even if it's not yep. true. That, that's the crazy thing. It doesn't even have to be true. It just needs to be a well-spun lie. <laughs> that's yes. madness. You if, know, they've, they've told a good enough lie. Yeah, yeah. Remember animal spirits. Again, another, another good term to Google is, you know, it doesn't matter what, you know, ultimately, if these guys can accomplish anything based on that, on that, on that press release or, or whatever it is, all that matters is what the herd thinks. And if, and if the herd of bulls, I've got my bull costume, all believe that this stock can run. Did you just say, I'll bull leave? <laughs> no, 
no. Do you say I'll pull leave? Did you do that deliberately? Or was it? No, it because a- unlike you, I don't make really idiotic <laughs> puns. But I said I'll pull leave. Okay, okay. Uh, but, but but yeah, ultimately, you know, again, that's why we talk about putting together in season one all the components: uh, a chart, a story, and an overarching theme. And odds are that stock. Now again. You always have to have a plan. You always have a always have to have a stop loss, but those are the kind of pumps that can that can continue for multi days in this market. Yeah, and 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 I have to just give some balance because I know you're super super long biased, and and I know since I've been more short biased, I've had more success. So I just wanted to share a short example. One thing that I always look for is if you get these shitty companies with shit fundamentals, and they're sharing a pump like story and and it looks like it's lies uh you can let that stock spike and let let the longs have the day let the let the believers which is unbelievably bad let the believers believers (laughs) believers let the believers let the believers um have their day let them have the moment let them Mm. sing despacito or whatever it is and dance around the room but the point is you want to be shortened when that stock rises enough into a resistance point and a lot of people don't seem to get this. And yeah. this, is when, this is when I found uh, profitability over the last few months, when I realized resistance and support matter. And, and if, if, if it's getting to a resistance point, it's, it's on hyped news. It's got no fundamentals. Uh, the volume's not breakout mental volume. It's big, but it's not mental. Uh, then it's a good short, no? Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. And again, remember, um, in the, you know, if you haven't listened to the episode with Roland Wolf yet, we, we joked about my stupid little guitar playing short seller song. And that song is dedicated to exactly the guys like that you just talked about. I mean, if you're just, it doesn't matter how bad the fundamentals are. It doesn't matter how bad the story is. If you're shorting the first day of the run and there's no clear support and there's not, or no clear resistance and there's big volume, whoo, baby, you're going to be in for a ride for sure. So you're just, you're just playing the guitar and, and, and watching that profit chart go up and you're like, and I saw her face. I'm a believer. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is, is, you know, you don't, you know, the the biggest mistake guys make is, is, is again, shorting too early. Um, They want to get in too early. They want to get on day one. I mean, again, if, if there's ridiculous volume or mental volume, as you said, and there's a story, and this chart's breaking out. That is not the time to short. I mean, wait till no, the next day. You know, it, it also it goes it goes back to fundamental lessons again, uh, which we we'll keep on coming back to. And that's just formal. If you're trying to short early, if you're yep. scared of missing out, then then you're going to be an early short, and you're going to get squeezed. And it yeah, goes and back to these basic lessons. That that's a yeah, that's a term. I think there might be no greater. You know, if there's one like kryptonite for traders. It is exactly what, what Stephen said, which you, most of you probably couldn't understand what he said because of his accent, but he said well, FOMO, FOMO, <laughs> FOMO, F-O-M-O which, which, which all of us traders know it, but it, it stands for fear of missing out. And, and I really think, I mean, I, I mean do you agree? If there, if there is a trader kryptonite, it's, it's FOMO. No, no. I mean, that was that was even me today. Um, me when I, I fair enough. I took profits on. The, we, we were laughing. Well, we weren't laughing about it actually. I turned you off because I was scared that you're going to distract us. <laughs> I was like, turn it down. I, I don't want Tim in me head when I'm trying to concentrate because you'd be like, cut it, cut it, go long, go long, cut it. Um, but no, like the trade today, it, it was it was a little bit formal as well on, on my part. I mean, I was shortened pre-market, 
um, I could have got, I could have got squeezed out and I was scared it was just going to drop at the opening. I was going to miss out. And had I have just gone full size into a spike, it would have been a much bigger profit. And that was FOMO. That was me thinking, Oh God, I, I really don't want to miss out on this. And uh, yeah, and maybe it cost us some of the profits that I could have had ultimately sure. and a better average. Oh, and actually the other thing, so, so again, you know, the, the world of, of pump and dumps have, has changed, but um, the reality is they still exist and they've just kind of moved. Um, the biggest area we see it now is, I mean, I talk about it all the time is like Twitter pumpers. And, you know, again, one of the reasons we want to be able to recognize chart patterns is, is, you know, when you see these things come across your screen and there's another one out there, you know, chat rooms, there's, there's a lot of large chat rooms out there that can move stocks big. And if you can recognize again, you know, a stock that just spikes out of the blue, especially if it's like midday rockets up, there's no news whatsoever. Those create actually, I mean, and again, you talk about me being bullish. Those are the kind of stocks that I love to look to short when they just pop yeah. up midday, no news, not even that great of volume. And then yeah. they start fading late day. That is, is, you know, and that's what I, I, I call, you know, it's, it's either a Twitter pump or a chat pump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how else you find them. I don't know if the, if you follow kind of pumpers, but I, I you, you, we've talked about setups that I've, I've also traded that I've took profits on like that. And yeah, I look for a spike in the, in the two o'clock in the afternoon. And, and then you look on stocks trade on the news. And the way I find it is uh, I have a scan on stocks to trade where I look for stocks that have spiked more than 3% in the last 10 minutes. Yep. And that, that catches them all. And then you think, and then my checklist is, uh, go on news, is the news? No. Go on Twitter. Uh, is there actually any news that I've missed? No. Look at the fundamentals. Are there any good? No. And then yep. you immediately just, from there, it's price action. And it's a, it's a, it's a layup short. Yep. Yep. And, and then you just, you know, and again, we'll talk about uh, entries and exits more and charts more, obviously, but then you just, I mean, obviously something like that, that just spikes midday. The long-term chart is brutal. You can't find any news. You let it fade off of the top. You short it, you risk the high of the day. Uh, you know, it's called a, I, I, uh, again, this is a term I've co-opted, but I call it a high a day reject type play where it spikes to the high of the day, fades off, Ultimately, you have to have a plan and a stop loss. If the stock goes back to the high of the day, you stop out and you move on. You know, losing is part of trading. You know, um, something we talk about a lot. But one of the biggest things that uh, you need to do as a new trader is get comfortable with losing. And if you're going to short stocks that are running midday, if you don't have enough discipline to stop out when they get back to the high of the day, you're going to struggle until you can get to that point where you can take that loss and be fine with it. Yeah, and, and we, we've both been through those squeezes. And I think you're more disciplined now. I think I've probably got more to come before, before, before I get more disciplined. I wish I could be. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it, it comes with experience. And, and that's, again, I think so many people try and rush the journey. Um, I, I, it, I mean, it's easy when, it, when a trade just works, you know, to take the profit. You, you buy or you short and it immediately works. Yeah. That's, that's pretty easy. But, but when you've had two or three or four losses in a row and the stock is going against you, that's yeah, yeah. when it's going to, that's when it's going to test. And yeah. you need to have that experience where you can say, well, you know what? I've been here before. 
I've had three losses in a row before. I knew if I stopped out, I didn't overstay. Then I got back on the horse, you know, and that, that comes with experience. Yeah. I mean, for me, I always think of the casino, the, the house ultimately will always win as long as it's playing the right odds over and yeah. over and over yeah. and over. Um, and, yeah, uh, and, and that's, we, we talked about that a lot with Roland in the interview in, in season three or season two, um, where again, yeah, you know, you know, be the house, you know, and, and just be there every day. And if you follow your rules, ultimately your odds of success are much higher. Yeah. I mean, and the, probably the last thing I have to say on pumps uh, is that they may be absolute total shit companies, yep. like the worst of the worst with the worst stories. And everyone's talking on Twitter saying this is a scam and you can still get squeezed. If you short them, you can mm-hmm. still lose money on them, debt buying them. It, no matter what the news is, it, you still got to respect price action. Yeah, it's 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 the eight. I mean, ultimately, the the best saying is, and and I'm, I uh, I know a lot of you know uh, my knowledge. You know, a lot of I, I remember a lot of odd facts, but I can't remember who said it. But uh, man, it's gonna <laughs> bug me. But remember, markets can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent, and there is no more true, no more true. Uh, reality of that than shorting a stock because you can be right. Remember, in shorting, you have unlimited potential losses. So you can ultimately be right that this stock is the biggest piece of crap in the universe. But if you're there too early and you don't stop out, it doesn't matter if you're right in a week or a month because your account's gone and you're out of the game. I, th- I think the uh, the quote, the market can stay rational longer than you can stay irrational, was it? Or the you can stay rational longer than the market can stay rational? No, the market can stay irrational longer than you can stay solvent. Yeah, I think that so, was me. Yeah. So, think, think you know, that the, that's the nice thing. And that's kind of where we'll wrap up. So, again, we, we, we've talked about the, the prizes. So, one of the nice things is, you know, not only if you register at the website – fill out the surveys, put in, put a review on iTunes. You do all these things to win a Steven Johnson pillowcase. And if you listen to enough episodes of this podcast, you can sit there at night, look at him. And, and, and ultimately these dumb botched sayings will come to your mind. And, and, you know, and that's what, what greater way to, to, to be rewarded for writing an I, a, a review on iTunes than listen to Steven tell you stories to fall asleep to. But, but guys, if, if you really want to know, there are other prizes and that might be the best price for some people, but if it's not for you, there is the a MacBook Pro, an Apple TV device, an iPod Touch, an Apple Watch, and a $100 gift card. And on top of that, you know, those are each individual. So we call those the five main prizes. Now, remember, we do have, again, for season two, a greedy little bastard package. That is composed of, again, another MacBook Pro. Uh, an Apple Watch, you get a, oh, the greedy bastard gets a Stephen Johnson pill, pillowcase too. I didn't realize <laughs> that. And you get a three month <laughs> subscription to Stocks to Trade Pro, which remember, Stocks to Trade Pro is the mentorship program where you get you know twice daily webinars with me. We've got a chat room, everything built in integrated into the platform. You use the same platform we use. You use the same screeners. And then we've got a chat that's built into that as well. Twice daily live webinars, as well as an entire community built around Stocks to Trade Pro. Yeah, and we'll look forward to seeing you in the chat room, whoever wins. It'll be fun to have a new member. 
We're a closed group. We're a nice small group community. Yes. Yep. Hi, this is Erica Meyer from Toronto, Canada, and when I'm sitting at the cottage, I like to listen to Stephen and Tim on Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on iTunes. I did. And this is how we say goodbye in Toronto. Ooh, 